Well, we're talking about the Sultan of Sodomy, the Prince of Pancreas, the Basher of Bung. <laughs> Just float that off the top. Yeah, I would love to see the Sandlot with Carl Panzer. <laughs> He's yeah. the dog in the backyard. Man, <laughs> but they ain't, they ain't yeah. getting a new ball. No, they're getting a couple of balls. The owner's dead. <laughs> yeah, well, if you didn't guess it this week, we're talking about old Carl Pansy Ram. And uh, if you're not familiar with his story, you're going to have a good time. If you are familiar, hopefully we got a f- more fun version. I can't wait, man. Yeah. This old boy's wild. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to give away too much of this wildness, but let's just say that there's never been one individual who has personally gotten justice for being wronged by a president. Nope. So that's <laughs> it. Let's crack over the files of Carl Panzeram this week on Death Metal Death. Panzerim's a fun one because uh, as far as serial killers go, there's several autobiographies. Now, Panzram wasn't a learned man. He didn't uh, quite fall in line with the institutional life of schooling, learning how to do things, the old-fashioned, you know, reading, right? All the things you waste your time on yeah. in your life. He only knew how to do important things like... Rape asshole. <laughs> Boy, panted it up. But don't worry, it was only men, so. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna blow it out. Yeah, so most of the information we have on Carl Panzeram, it was written by him through his prison guard, Henry Lesser. The reason Lesser wanted to get Panzeram's story out is because he had heard the legend of Carl Panzeram when he was on his unit. And then through talking to him, Henry was very supply, surprised with how articulate Carl Panzram ended up being, who was with such a f- fucking violent, brutish past, a barbarian. Probably the last real barbarian. Yeah. All the info that we have is directly from Carl Panzram, and a lot of it is validated by numerous sources. Witnesses, family members, uh, victims. Several people have co-signed on the version he came up with. <clears throat> now, before we make him sound too cool, <laughs> he was a rapist. I mean, that's a fact. Yeah. He was a murderer. That's a fact. Arsonist, robber, brawler, liar. Just calls himself a mean motherfucker. When you say that at the end of it, it still makes it cool. Yeah. <laughs> A brawler, a mean motherfucker. It's going to be one of the hardest, horrible people to not just goad over and glorify. Yeah. But, product of a horrific environment. Yep. Ground in the dust, came back from the ashes, a true fucking animal. And I honestly, in recorded history, because if you look back in the pages of history, you have people, like I'm sure Genghis Khan was a lot gnarlier than Karl Panzeram. But everything written about Genghis Khan were mostly by positive sources. Because it was either someone that was with him or someone that he had taken over that was writing a story for someone else. They didn't want to speak bad about him. So I'm sure he did way more horrible things on a daily basis than Panzerim did over a lifetime. But you don't get that side of the story. You can assume, 
You know, Vlad the Impaler. I mean, there's all types of nasty motherfuckers. Yeah. From the pages of history that you can look back and say, well, they were way worse than Carl Panzerin, but we don't have this type of an account. An autobiography. And he's very, <clears throat> in the autobiography, I mean, he knows the difference with right and wrong, but you can tell that he's very detached from those things. Yeah. He's made up his own code, as a, definitely as a survival mechanism. Also, you got to kind of look at that point in history, like, what is brutal? Because, I mean, you know, when we talk about Vlad the Impaler or Attila the Hun, that, that time period was a lot of motherfuckers running shit that were wild as fuck. So yeah. it was all definitely played <clears throat> down. But in modern culture where we try to have society and governments uh, to try to make people a little bit more fucking, you know, calm and try to have a family life and, a bu- and you know, maybe run a business or have a regular job, this guy was a brute, you know? Yeah, he went above and beyond to break away from that. And he hated that system. He hated every system he had been involved with. Like I already said, school, <clears throat> he had been institutionalized so many times, he had a deep hatred for any authoritative figure. I mean, we could dive into his early life so you can just see very valid reasons for not trusting anyone. He was born in East Grand Forks, Minnesota on June 28, 1891. He was a son of East Prussian immigrants, Johan and Matilda Panzram. Johan got Americanized to John. Depending on how thick you want to get into the specifics, he stated that his parents were ignorant and poor dirt farmers, but they were hardworking. He was raised on his family's tiny farm with five other siblings. He had surgery done at home to remove a growth from in his ear, which became infected, that experts definitely believe could have played a hand in his future insanity. Because in a way, he did go full-blown insane. And the fact that somebody got inside of his ear and performed home surgery on a growth, there's so much that, you mean, if you just went a little bit too far... Could have definitely fucking poked a part of the brain that says something flying. Yeah. <clears throat> also got a terrible infection right near his brain, so there could have been a patch of the brain that got infected. This is kind of where the the failure of being poor, you know, so it's like, you you can't afford any medical help. Well, just let your old grandpap or dad or whoever the fuck operate on you. Well, it has to be done. Yeah, yeah. So someone's got to do it, and these are farmers, so, <clears throat> you know... You're used to operating on animals, and then you think you could take a stab at it, and before you know it, you created a mongoloid. My throat and lungs are on fire right now. Yeah? I took a hit of that just straight, pure CBD. Yeah. Like in plant form. It burned the shit out of me. Well, get your brush fire going, you know? You know what you like? Because I don't... I I mean... You know, I don't smoke cigarettes. I smoke weed every once in a while. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but that doesn't ever, like, burn my throat. But it's like a real fucking furnace in there right now. Damn. Got, like, a share in the back of my throat. Hot. Ah. Hell yeah. <laughs> hot. Wasn't somebody trying to tell us share isn't hot before? Yeah, I can't remember who it was, <clears throat> but they're wrong. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't have a giant ass, which is a, definitely a problem, but... She's just a beautiful woman. Riding motorcycles with Samuel Elliott, you know? Man, you gargling? Yeah. It may have been on the podcast, but I was saying, like, dude, I would definitely be that big-headed retard if I could just get a a small crumb of share pussy. 
Yeah. Nobody would be mad at you. No. Because you'd be... Yeah, if your mom's share, you got to dive in there. If she let That's you... That's like an embroidery... You should embroidery that and put it, put it above your sink. If your mom is share, you got to get in there. Man, let me tell you what. If I had a fucking lopsided football head on the right side of my head with a fucking red wig slapped on it and a big-ass fucking... 1976 fucking Mustang bumper up for a fucking forehead. Yeah, yeah, yeah I would brother. love to stare my mom in the eyes. Just put Bob Seger on and get the fucking. Yeah. That boy loved Bob Seger, dude. Yeah, he did. Have we talked about this before? No, I don't know. <laughs> I can, everything probably. blends together. That's fine. Yeah, so he got the home fucking surgery. That's probably what made him crazy. Uh, he felt, he Carl describes himself as feeling odd. From a young age, by the age of five or six, he was already a known liar and a thief. Proudly claimed in his autobiography that he just got meaner as he got older. Which, you know, I feel like lying and stealing are, are natural instincts. By, by the age of five or six, like, it, could, it could all depend what the people around you are doing. Because even though if your kid lies to you about something dumb, my approach has been... All right, so you're lying for what reason? It's just like a natural thing that people do. Yeah. So you got to tell people, hey, that's not the right thing. That's not the right way to go about it. Or they'll just do it because we're manipulative, horrible animals. It's all about gain, man. Yeah, isn't that weird that lying, that if anybody ever that's been born, if you just left them alone, like even if they're never disciplined or anything, if they just have a smooth sailing doesn't matter what they do. They'll never get in trouble. They have everything they need. They'll just lie. It's a natural instinct. That's because they don't want you to interrupt that. So like, if you interrupt the thing that they like or enjoy, or enjoy they, they're really kind of like, man, if I get caught, it's going to be worse. But yeah. if I don't, then I'm fine. Yeah, but that's everybody. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just a weird instinct to have. Because, I mean, you, we don't know how animals communicate, but you got to assume that they probably do a, their fair share of misleading you know oh it's silly it's a survival part of the mind so speak up <laughs> oh, yeah you moved the mic fuck no, no the mic doesn't have anything to do with it you're just so quiet all the time yeah you think after talking on a microphone for you know hell i just how i talk man no <laughs> no no i was just sitting across from you earlier on the couch i just scream over basketball you got a new car I did that's get exciting new, i did get a new car you didn't steal it. Nope. That's what Panzeran would have done. He would have liked it and just snagged it up. Yeah. I mean, but you got like a car that looks like Jason Statham would drive it. Yeah. I don't know, man. I like those old muscle cars, man. It kind of reminds me of that. Yeah. Let's I go. think that was the idea behind making that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what Jason Statham's out here doing. So. It just, you know, seems like you'd fucking whip it around and jump out and karate kick someone in kick the head. Kick somebody's ass. It'd be so funny if you did all that seamlessly. Like, you, you fucking floor it, emergency brake, the car spins in, like, a U-shape. You jump out, you jump high as fuck off the hood and just karate kick someone, but your pants just rip in half. Yeah. That makes your insurance go up. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing I don't like about Action Movies America, I'll tell you that much. We got a body-positive movement going all across this great nation, but where's our fat action star? Huh? There's not very many. There's not even. There's not any. Who yeah. is it? Not one. Yeah, but no, man. There's one. Who? You ever seen uh, Paul fucking, Blart? Uh, <laughs> Paul Blart. That's no. not an action 
Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> and then you got no. old fucking, uh, uh, fucking Beverly Hills Ninja. Farley. Yeah. He's gone. He's gone. He lived. Lord he, rest his soul. Yeah, man. His old brother. Uh, I love it, dude. What I love about so, like if Chris Farley, for example. Yeah. Just consumption at the most extreme levels of everything. I mean, fat as fuck from eating food, doing heroin, way too much of it, doing cocaine, way too much of it, liquor, way too much, just doing it all. I like how his brother it in there. I like how his brother's Liu Kang in that movie. Oh yeah, I thought you meant like his real life brother, who's Kevin Farley, who does comedy clubs, not not funny remotely, no. but he it's, just is like Chris Farley's brother. You know what I mean? He's got a movie I've never seen called Fart. <laughs> that probably rocks Maybe I spoke too soon uh, I don't know I ain't seen it But I won't to Yeah but yeah. the guy that plays Luke Kang in Beverly Hills Ninja Is uh Beverly Hills Ninja Did not hold up I thought that was so funny When I was a kid and, Like Black Sheep and Tommy Boy Hold up fine Yeah That's still hilarious I'll never not laugh When he fucking What'd you do Or uh Little bees in the car Yeah or Or also In Black Sheep Where he's like Smoking weed with uh Bad brains, yeah, and he's just like comes out on stage, or he's like the bass player. He's like legalize it, and he comes on stage. He's like kill Whitey. Is he, is that bad brains? I don't know. Well, we just say it is. They got dreadlocks. Right on. They're uh, <laughs> the same thing as the bad brains are. So you know, I put two and two together. McRad. I know that like uh, the Screaming Trees or Mud Honey are one of those stupid fucking bands. Yeah, shit. Please. Man. Screaming Trees. I have no idea what that band sounds like. Someone probably thinks they rock. You're listening to Tad before? Yeah. That shit's actually not bad. Tad ain't bad. That's a fat. Yeah. The dude from Tad's fat. That's funny too because you could that that takes away your fat grunge rocker. And a survival specialist and a fighter. The guy from Tad? No, oh, I don't okay. know. <laughs> right. Are you that. talking about Jesse Ventura again? Yeah, man. We got a hero. Did the body Ventura, dude. That's who. No Jess. I love him. I do too. He's got a fucking skullet. Yeah, and he knows. One thing I've got to say to the American people is, first of all, take a pinch of this. Oh, it looks like you're all still slack-jawed faggots. <laughs> That's the greatest... Nothing, you know, dude, there's, Predator did not win an Academy Award, but what it did win is two governors. It sure did. What other movie's got two fucking governors in it? You can't out-award American justice. I got one peek behind the curtain when I was the governor of Minnesota. And let me tell you something, America's pussy's real dirty. Yeah. It, boy... I called in my correspondent, Alex Jones. We're going to peek over this fence, put on some surveillance gear, look in the camera, and say the N-word. Well, I'll say, uh... <laughs> Crap. Crap. Dude, I'm still so unbelievable that they took Alex Jones completely off of everything. I don't give a fuck about Alex Jones. He's hilarious. He's a cartoon character. You know what? Did you see they're making a new Matrix? No. Number four. They should make Alex Jones Morpheus. I was about. To, I was thinking that right when you said it. Yeah. Absolutely. It's like, all right, I, I, I better update. They kicked me off YouTube 
for giving the world the red pill, but here I am. Look at it, Jeffrey Epstein. I told you about it. 1988, I saw the files. I saw him fuck my 12-year-old son. Fuck God, have mercy on their souls. But they, they took him off. You can't find it anymore. And like a month before Epstein went down. I was waiting for a month, but... Like, yeah. Let me have my timeline. No, it wasn't because he was st- he was still up on YouTube and shit. Oh, okay. okay. He like has been deplatformed or whatever the fuck you call it, like, three or four. I would that. It'll be so funny if we ever if we just get deplatformed sometime. It won't be funny, but it will also be funny. He probably still has money though. Fuck yeah. Well, you can. I mean, you, have to, you just have to do a subscription service. Yeah. The whole thing's like a marketing ploy. It seems like that's what if that. What if the real Illuminati agenda? Was just for Alex Jones to make a lot of money off a subscription service. Like, Epstein was just a figment of everyone's imagination. Alex Jones made him up, and then they killed him. But he's not a real person. Because there's no, there's no body. There's no camera footage. They just said today that the camera footage is unusable. So it's Man. like, what if he just made all that up? What if the whole world worked together? George W. Bush. The Clintons. It's all a proxy to get Alex Jones subscribers. <laughs> That's the type of marketing we need to be doing, buddy. I want Alex Jones money. I just want a little taste. A little taste of it. We got to plot against the world. You know yeah, I mean? we ought to just make our own supplements. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just we'll make them here in this trailer. Yeah. And then you can get them. Myth. We're strong. <laughs> it's a pre-workout. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> All right, so, uh, yeah, Carl said he felt odd from a young age. Five or six... He was already a liar and a thief. We got on that whole thing because it is, it's, it's just always blows my mind to go back and think about a kid. And I have kids and they, they will lie to you about nothing instinctually. You have to tell them they're doing something wrong. And then they're like, really? And you're like, yeah, you just told me you didn't do that, but you did. They're like, oh, nature just wants them to do it. Same thing with stealing. I'm sure you're just taking shit. You don't know if you're supposed to take it or not, I guess. But he found out, got meaner as he got older. His father and his mother split when he was seven years old. His father left, which left his mother to take care of the six children and the small farm that had already basically been tapped for all his resources when the dad left. Probably the same thing happened to his mom, which is why the dad left. You, you know, you wear the pussy out. Remember when people told you that when you were a kid? Yeah. You just thought that, like, every time girls fucked, it just got... Loose as hell. And worse and worse. You know what I mean? Well, it's a science, and then it's also just uh, not understanding the language of love. Well, again, you're talking to the same guy that thought the pussy was, like, right where the dick is, and it was just a hole. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I think every kid thought that yeah. forever, you know? I used to, in my brain, when I was a kid and I would, like, sit around and fiddle with my stick, I would think about, like, you know what, man? All these people are having sex, but I'm going to do it way different. What I'm going to do is I'm going to climb on top of the, the lamp the light on the ceiling then jump off with my boner and dive with my dick right into the pussy like it's a sport I used to jack off on the toilet because in case I got caught I'd be on the toilet I'm taking a shit <laughs> yeah but my old fucking pink, pink fucking helmet would pop right up over my thighs you know so you would be like what is that about to zit because from where you're at oh you know? zit dick man man I think you know a lot of shit going on when we got these mass shooters and stuff is people don't understand the language of love yeah yeah you know and so that's why I'm wanting to get my own fucking uh, computer program you know I want to make a Rosetta bone teach you the language of love 
That's funny, but I hate that you like thought about it, stored yeah. it, brought it here. I brought it right here. Oh, you just thought about it right now? When I cracked it. Oh, all right. Yeah. I mean, a Rosetta bone. It'd be cool, man. That's yeah. pretty much just like what pickup artists do. Yeah, but nobody. But that's frowned upon. Yeah, but the once Rosetta you cut bone. that out, that's when mass shooting started happening. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's the same people. Yeah, it's the exact same people. Yeah, man. All yeah. the people that were pickup artists, do they were they are the same new metal type of people. Yep, it's the same. You, we, I think we just solved some shit. You got some Chris Angel. Yeah, we're dressing like that, wearing some sunglasses, yeah, makes him a fake name. Yeah, pickup artists because that's all that's all Chris Angel's doing. Then you shame them because they're like, well, they're. They're like trying to make girls like sluts. I was like, no, man, people want to have sex. That's why these fucking idiots are such nerds that they weren't beforehand, but they came up yeah. with a solution. Yeah, and that's the guy that tells you that the pussy gets loose. Yeah. He's like, I don't want to be with her because she's been with a bunch of guys, and I know that means loose. Well, bud, you got a two-inch pud, so it's going to be a slippery slope for you no matter what. You're, yeah. not, you're not touching walls in any circumstance. No. But, uh, yeah, also, what a hilarious thing to think that, like, a part of your body, your skin and your fucking flesh just gets worn. <laughs> Does your you butt do that? layers. No. Goes back, baby. How can people peak socket? Because you got, you fucking got blown out, dude. You got caught. That's what I'm saying. A piece of your intestine. But that, that's a temporary thing as well. Man, I don't want nobody turning me into a cotton candy machine. <laughs> I mean, it's like that video we had to watch where Jack and reacted where the guy had the entire arm up the asshole. Yeah. You just got to train for it, man. But you're, but no, it doesn't stay like that. It's just like, I think it's more of like, as a man that's done some butt play, it's which, when you get used to like, not tensing up and like, you know, you panic if you don't know better. Yeah. So you panic and something's in the wrong spot. I guess your lower intestine could just grab a hold of it and come out, man. Hell, I've seen videos of people shoving them fucking big old dildos like the root, like the size of my leg. Yeah. And you could see it moving in their stomach. Woo! But it's like, that's got to do something. Yeah, it does. It moves stuff around. Man. Micro tears. That's where beaten guts comes from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck. We yeah, so we're trying to work this blown out farm. Panzer would come home from school with his siblings, be sent right to the fields until way after dark. He stopped attending school to work the fields full time when he was just 11 years old. Problem with leaving school and going to work in the fields, Carl hated school, but it was a reprieve to get away from his abusive mother because his mother was physically and mentally very violent. Just no excuse for her, but put into that tense situation, being responsible for that many human lives uh, on a sinking ship farm on top of just being, I mean, and also immigrant brain came from a third world country with a way different mindset. So just continuing a horrible cycle of poor living condition abuse. 1899, Carl Panzeram was eight years old. Juvenile court for the first time. A charge. Drunken disorderly. He was how old? <laughs> eight years old. Hell yeah. He beat your record, brother. I started drinking when I was about six. Are you serious? Yeah. I feel like you said something else on the podcast. Uh, about six, probably. That's when I... When you I would say tipping back colds? No, not tipping. I didn't like no colds. I liked the hard shit. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, you liked it? 
I mean, hell, it made me feel good. <laughs> you know, because I didn't feel like that since the womb. Man, you got a wet brain, brother. Well, I mean, I didn't. I wasn't just like trying to crank them back, but I remember somebody <laughs> let me sip. You know, like you know how like old thinking they'd be like, "Here, try this," and then you'd be like, "This is gross." But I was like, "Nah, man." Yeah, it Put was some gas in my tank. Every yeah, all the first times I can remember trying alcohol, I was. So disgusted by it. I just like, man, I don't like the way I feel. And then I got that, and I said, "This is cool." We it's, went camping one time. Unless it's warm, I don't like that. I'll get more into this. <laughs> yeah. Well, you drink. You were like the king of drinking warm beers. Yeah, I would. Yeah. So he get beat by his mom. He, he was trying to escape. Already eight years old. Got a charge for drunken disorderly. He was locked up in county jail in 1903 at age 11, which was right when he quit school. For being drunk and incorrigible. Which is such a funny fucking charge. Sir, you're incorrigible. It's just like, I need the pussy right now. Like, can you please stop asking for the pussy? No, I cannot. I need it. It's like, oh, you're being incorrigible, sir. We're going to lock you up. <laughs> God, we got, we got Carl back here. He won't stop talking about the pussy. It's been nine hours. That boy wasn't fucking around no pussy, man. Yeah, I know. But, you know, people, it takes a while until they figure out what they really want. He got out in 1903, stole a cake, apples, and revolver from a neighbor's home. Soon after that, Carl was sent to the Military State Training School in Minnesota on October 11th, 1903. Carl said, when I first hit the Minnesota Training School... I was about 12 years old, lively, healthy, and very mischievous, innocent, and ignorant. The law immediately proceeded to educate me to be a good, clean, upright citizen and a credit to the human race. I was too dumb to learn anything in school, so they took me out and put me to work all day washing dishes, waiting on tables in the officer's dining room. Right here, I began to get a little revenge on those who abused me. When I served food to some of the officers, I used to urinate in their soup, coffee, or tea and masturbate into their ice cream or dessert and stand right beside them and watch them eat it. They enjoyed it, too, because they told me so. I wish they could read this now. Man, he's cool. Yeah, man. I pissed on a pizza that I served up to somebody before. Shit, sure, we've pissed on toothbrushes and didn't even we didn't even talk to each other beforehand. Oh yeah. I, yeah, I love it when you go do some wild shit and then you tell your friend that you did it later. Yeah. And they're like, Well, I did the same damn thing. <laughs> That's happened uh, sixty times. <laughs> yeah, this one I ended up feeling bad about because uh we were out one night having a great time. One of our friends you know, we're all stuck together. One of our friends went home with a lady. Yep. And so their grand plan, I guess, was for us to be at the same house. So while they were having their fun, me and Buddy had our fun, which was, of course, raiding the fridge. Not enough in there to keep us entertained. Yep. So I went to the bathroom first. And then what I like to do, if I'm in a strange house, if I'm an invited guest and having fun, of course not. But if I'm in a situation I don't particularly care for, yeah, and I can seek vengeance upon the person that put me in that situation, which, you know, to me wasn't my friend that was the person offering my friend the pussy yeah so boy she had a big old head <laughs> i like i don't even remember what she looks like but i i like to pee all over the place but that like just spraying it everywhere is too obvious so what i like to do is get a little bit in every drawer so you know the cabinets the drawers and then she had this little like 
plastic things set up with like jewelry and toothbrushes and I pissed at every single one of those. And then come to find out, Buddy went in and did the same damn thing. And then that was funny because we both knew we did it. It's an adult woman, who cares? But then a couple months later we found out that she had a Phoebe for a son. So, not something I really want to admit uh, in public airspace, but yeah. it's been years ago. Well, let's just say... A drunken night. <laughs> on a real note, the kid wore a helmet. He did? Yeah. He had a helmet. I had to look it up. You, know. oh, you looked it up? <laughs> I was like, no oh, way, man. man. I found it. I was like, crap. You're like, this kid, there's no way this kid... Can't man, connect make, the pain to the brain, and then you just saw him in a helmet. Why the hell? I looked at the mom. The mom's. I mean, goddamn it, she just had a big old damn head. She looked like a fucking horse. Well, see, God gave her a helmet, but not her son. She just wanted him to make sure. Well, when she gave birth, she shot it out of her fucking head. <laughs> yeah, stretched it out. Didn't go back. Uh. Uh-uh. Phew, boy, that thing was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So. You may think that peeing and jacking off in food is a terrible thing. Yeah. It is actually certified fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh, have I told about peeing on a pizza at Papa John's on the podcast before? Uh-uh. Well, I used to work at Papa John's, which uh, my grandpa's brother's kids, like, they essentially bamboozled my grandpa out of a bunch of money and used it to open a bunch of chain restaurants. First, they had rallies. And they sold those. They got a bunch of Papa John's. So I had to work for Papa John's one time. They paid me way more than everybody else. And I refused to do anything but deliveries. Like, I wouldn't help make anything. Wouldn't sweep anything. Wouldn't put anything away. I would just show up. It could only do deliveries. And it would make people furious. Understandably so. I mean, again, this is young kid shit. Yeah. It's not like last year. Like, I, I couldn't do that now. It would feel too bad. But then, I didn't give a fuck. I only care about myself. You know what I mean? A couple people got very mad. One of the people that got super mad about my attitude was this driver named Rusty, which you already know. Exactly. He was 40-year-old, definitely on meth. Had a Trans Am. Gaunt, skinny. Yeah, he had an F-150. Okay. Same thing. Same thing with the bed. And uh, anyway, he was a shithead. And one night, the delivery came up, and he's like, Ha, I beat you. And he was making a pizza for his personal consumption at the same time. So he put the pizza on the conveyor belt oven, left to take the delivery. Well, while I was halfway through, I pulled it out of the oven, took it to the bathroom, pissed all over it. And everyone that was working, because I knew I couldn't get, nothing was going to happen to me. Yeah. They were like, what would you take it in the bathroom for? I was like, because I pissed all over it. They were like, no. I was like, oh, yeah, and it was covered. So I put it back in the oven, let the piss cook into it. Yeah. He came back. It's in a box. He opens the box. Everyone that's working at the restaurant starts laughing. Before he even puts it in his mouth, he's like, what's so funny? And I was like, I pissed on your pizza. He's like, no, you didn't. And I was like, okay. So then he starts eating, and he's like, so you didn't piss on it? And just ate three or four slices. Everyone's dying, laughing, taking pictures, fucking screaming as loud as they could. You're eating piss. He just chose in his whole world... To refuse to believe. You could have easily made another pizza. Hey, that's... You heard a, about it beforehand. Let's be honest. At that point in your life, you was probably pissing garlic butter, man. Oh, yeah. I had some flavor in my pizza. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I get yeah, it. Yeah, you get a certain type of fat. Yeah, just the essences yeah. come out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because all... I mean, I was eating... Like, it, like, a pizza delivery. I would just make stuff. And also, like, I was the worst, dude. Like, first, first of all, they're pieces of shit, people, for, like, stealing a bunch of family money. 
Yeah. And basically, goddamn, I'm not sure. Pantrim's long, so I shouldn't ramble on for so long. But basically, my grandpa's mother and father were married. They had four kids. My grandpa, his brother, another brother, and a daughter. The husband, his dad, left. And my grandpa's older brother, Earl, left with him. They started doing construction together, and they flim-flammed my grandpa's mom out of the oil. It had been there before they got there. Like, it was her parents' property. They came and had it drilled. They found way more oil. A bunch of money was coming into the situation. He tried to buy, the dad tried to buy out the property for my grandpa's mom, who's the same lady that told me about the Sasquatch. I can't remember. They had some lawyer draw up papers. The lawyer came and was like, we'll give you $2,000. I mean, it was like something that was worth millions, you know? Yeah. Just flim-flammed her out of it. And then he, the Earl, ended up keeping all of the land, all of the money when she died. And my grandpa said something real hard to him. Earl, he was like, confronted him about it. And then Earl was like, well, I could get lawyers. And I can go through all this. And my grandpa was like, all right, if you want it that bad... And you can live with it. Go ahead and take it. And then his kid, the guy that owned all the Papa John's and shit, when his dad, Earl, died, and my grandpa was, like, helping them clean up and shit, he was trying to get my grandpa to sign documents to say that he would never sue them over that money. And my grandpa was like, I'm not going to sign anything. If you can live with it, you have it. Hard. Yeah, but they still just kept it, so it's not like he won anything. Yeah, boy. <laughs> I remember your grandpa asked me if I was gay because of you, but you know what? We, yeah, we, we definitely, we talked, definitely about that. talked about yeah, that. Yeah. And I told him I wasn't no, no gay boy. And, I uh, bet he still thinks you are. <laughs> what if I fucked your grandpa? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. That shit would be hilarious. What if that was a setup? He's like, I'm trying to find out if you're gay because I want to fuck. That would rock. Yeah, so all that sounds like he was doing unruly, disgusting things, which it is disgusting, but while he was at the home, the school, which is a live-in school, if I didn't make that clear, he was repeatedly beaten, tortured, and raped by staff members in a building that they referred to as the painting shop because children that left the shop were painted in blood and bruises from staff members. I mean, we talked about the... uh, Fuck, my brain sucks. And buddy just walked off to the bathroom. With the Dudley School for Boys. Dozer School. The Dozer School for Boys. Uh, th- that's one of the boy-only boarding schools that got exposed that was in Florida uh, for just brutal fucking torture all the time. Medieval shit. Uh, and it's just sad way the world has always worked is that Seems like when there's a place where adults can work with children, I mean, now, I assume it's at least a little better with background checks, uh, modern surveillance, but at that, that day and age when you had no modern implements of law enforcement, no background checks, I'm pretty sure all that would ever happen is that anyone that had the opportunity to work with children that was a terrible person, they would do whatever it took to get that job. There's no way to verify records back then, so you would just have the worst pedophiles, the most horrendous people seek those jobs out. It's like the, like the Catholic Church. It's like, what do you what do you say to the Catholic Church? Like, are priests all pedophiles, or do fucking pedophiles want to fuck kids so bad that they go through the charade of becoming a priest in order to fuck kids? I mean, it's like, if you go to work at a boys' school back in this time, I'm sure there was some good people 
But the ones that wanted to abuse kids, they got that job on purpose. Well, even now in this time period, it's the same way. Yeah, the the horror stories I hear about kids in foster care and them going to a placement is fucking nut bonkers. Yeah, like I, everything from setting cameras up in the shower to watch them shower and shit, and just God just fucked damn. up, man. Like, see, I don't, I, I, I don't trust any adult. I mean, you just want employee of the year at your job. You were kids. Yeah, I love them, man. So it's like. There is good people out there, but I don't trust any adult that willingly wants to be around kids. Yeah. Because I fucking hate kids, man. I got kids. Some kids are fine. But if you gave me, obviously my kids excluded, if you gave me the option between doing anything and doing the same thing with kids that I don't know, I would never take that choice. Wait, and the other thing is, is that that's... A lot of the reason why it's like a high turnover job, and then also it doesn't pay much, but you get desperate because it is a high paying job. You you start interviewing people, and you're like, man, you know, you seem like you got you. Know, but it's it's one of those things. You is, don't have a big quality pool to pull from. But if you've been around shitty people your whole life, you you know when somebody's shitty. Yeah. And oh, so yeah. I mean, I've oh, definitely been sure. in, in a position where somebody got hired, and I was like, why, why? Yeah. And they didn't last longer than two weeks, you know. So thank God. But it's just, eh. but yeah. Anyway, like, like predators will seek it out. Is the point I make? Because we're talking about what I was saying. What European is to the turn of the century. There's no way to verify people. The, this abuse happens because people are there and able to do it, and then people also seek it out. Uh, the painting house featured a machine with paddles that would spank the boys as wheels were turned by staff, along with being beat manually by wet towel and leather strips. He endured the regular torture and rape until July 7th, 1905, when he burnt down the painting shop. That's right. All those kids that went in there with the machine that got built to torture children. Pansram said, fuck that. Took the law into his own small hands and burned that shit down. Yep. And so what he said about what Panzeram said, I don't want to do a Panzeram voice because I've heard other people do that. Yeah. And he's just all fucking, he sounds like Clint Eastwood. So there's like no way to not sound the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, what if he was all feminine though? He's not. He sounds like Clint Eastwood, man. He's got to. He's an old crap. No, I've, I mean, there's recordings of his, he fucking, yeah, there's recordings of his voice. Okay. He's like, <laughs> it's all gravelly yeah. and shit. Like, uh, What's up, spooks? Damn. <laughs> Damn. Spooks. That's such a funny... Dude, that Gran Torino movie... I have a feeling all that happened was Clint Eastwood was like, All right, here's what I want. I want to finally be racist on film openly for the entire film. This autobiography. And they're like, well, we're going to have to put some story in there. He's like, fine. But I must be able to say spooks. Which is so weird, man, because like, I think we got over the two meanings of that word. There's yeah. one CIA. for CIA, and then... That would have been so funny. He's like, what's up, spooks? Like, what do you mean, spooks? CIA agents. I know one when I see one. And they quit. <laughs> and I open their button-up shirts and throw wire on the ground. One of them, got Alex me. Jones. <laughs> man. Damn it, boy. I like how he always like talks about being in shape and shit. And I've been could, working out. And he can kick an ass. If I have to, I will. It's like, have you ever seen that picture of him? I think it was on MySpace, maybe, where he's at some karate MySpace. gym. 
Well, he's, uh, it was a while back. That's, but how, that, that's how long, folks, we've gone back in the Alex Jones lexicon. Oh, it's been a while. Man, that boy's been doing shit we've since been the doing late the war early 90s. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like a picture of him in front of a mirror at a karate dojo. Man, I don't know if he's doing that, but it's just like, and I'm not afraid, you know. If I have to, I will do it. What if? Everything you've been talking about, because some of it's been true so far. What if karate really was real, but it was just watered down because it won't teach no gualos. Oh, no, that's the way. That's how they keep it a secret because, you know, we're more athletic. <laughs> yeah. We get too good at it, as you can see in the UFC. Oh, <laughs> crap. You know, but hey, we're not at the top of the food chain, so. No. <laughs> God damn it, boy. <laughs> yeah, so Panzram says I got a long, thick piece of cotton, heavy cotton string, wrapped it around a long, round stick. Lit one end of it and hid it in the laundry near some soaked rags. That night, the whole place burned down and cost over a hundred thousand dollars. Nice, eh? Tight, my man. January 1906, Panzram was reported to be paroled from Red Wing Training School after stealing money from his mother's purse. Just let him have it. Don't send him back. Obviously, it didn't work. Uh, when he hits his teens, he was already an alcoholic and was repeatedly in trouble with the authorities, mostly for burglary and theft. Carl ran away from home at the age of 14, January 1906, two weeks after attempting to kill a Lutheran cleric with a revolver, and he hit the rail, started the life as a young hobo. He got a brand new tragedy shirt, a uh, crass patch, an patch, Tied a shoestring around his head. Oh, yeah. Put a dog on a rope. Hiking backpack. Dusted it up and hit the road. Doing folk punk. <laughs> Man. Man, riding the rails seems cool, though. Yeah, dude. Remember when you said that if your wife left you, you would ride the rails? Yeah. But then you fucking didn't. Yeah, and I got remarried. Hell, I mean, I watched this cool... <laughs> I watched this, uh... I watched this cool-ass documentary. She saved you from the rails, brother. Yeah, man. <laughs> you were almost a rails, but you would have never gone. Though. Well, I didn't mean those kind of rails. <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, uh, I meant the cocaine nah, rails. Nah, man, we, the the we talked about. Listen, man, I want to make me a Cincinnati mix-up, man. I was thinking, hell, if I just go out doing the meth and the cocaine and just mix it all around, you know? Yeah. And just rip it. Well, if you got the meth, I think you pretty much are good. Cocaine's hard to get. I, I think It's harder it, to get the it, meth. It's also not as strong. Yeah, but... So, what would be the point? Well, you're taking a step back. Just well, to say you did it. Well, you know, one... The one's uh, way overpower the other one, so you're not going to know. One cleans you up, nope. and then one uh, enjoys your house. What? Man, you enjoy your house when you do cocaine. You enjoy it? Yeah. Just like, that If you nice start house? out with a line that's half meth, you clean your house, which is your brain. And then, <laughs> and then yeah. the rest of it, you just enjoy your house. Yeah. But... Uh, there's a real cool documentary. There's several documentaries on uh, Amazon Prime about motherfuckers riding the rails. It's pretty sweet. Riding that train, motherfucking gays. Everybody wears dark throne shirts too, which is weird. Yeah, dude, it's just whatever fucking crusty looking metal t-shirt you can get your hands on. Yeah, because those boys are fancy lads. 
Are they? Fenris and, uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. They're not riding rails, dude. Nope. They're doing well. They live in a country that's got universal basic income. They don't need to ride a train. Yeah. I've been threatening for a while to just go. That's what I'm saying, man. You know, you haven't threatened recently. You think about good doing, throwing it all away again? No, man, yeah. buddy. You know, I would. <laughs> well, check this out. Here's some tips, some pointers on how to get it cracking. Because what Carl did shortly after he started his life as a transient, unfortunately, he was gang raped by a group of hobos, which gave him the fuel, the inspiration to turn the tables around and begin to rape. Young boys himself. I don't tell you that hobo gang shit's real. Oh yeah. Alright, and that and they're some of the roughest motherfuckers you could deal with. Yeah. I mean they don't know how to fight, so at the end of the day, no, it's all they good, just stab you. Yeah. Dude, they all have knives. Every, they love it. Every homeless person I know has got a blade. A K bar. Uh not a K bar, but some a big ass flea market version. Yeah. A K mark. <laughs> yeah, okay, Bart, Bart. Yeah, so here's what Panzram says about his first experience. I was riding in a boxcar one night in the West. I was alone and feeling that I would like someone to talk to. I walked over the train until I came to an open lumber car full of wood. There were four big, burly bums in it. When I saw them... I told them about the nice, warm boxcar I had just left. It was clean and full of straw. They all immediately got interested and friendly and told me to lead them to it. I did, but I very soon wished I hadn't because just as soon as we got into the car and shut the door, the train pulled out, they all began to tell me what a nice boy I was and how they would make me rich, which is a hilarious thing for a bum to tell you. <laughs> yeah. They were going to buy me all the silk underwear in the world, and I would soon be wearing diamonds as big as baseballs. In fact, they promised me everything in the whole world, but at first, they wanted me to do a little something for them. I told them no. But my wishes didn't make any difference to them. What they couldn't get by moral persuasion, they proceeded to get by force. And I left that boxcar sadder, sicker, but wiser boy than I was when I entered it. After that, I always went alone whenever and wherever possible. Yeah, that'll make you not trust people. But also, you did just run on the burly bum game. It's not like you ran into a, a normal part of society. But that's all he knows so far. You man, know, think about it. Man, last night I actually heard a story that's kind of coincidental, but there, there's actually a house over by my uh, office, uh -huh. or by my boss's office, rather. Uh, they got burnt down by some some homeless people trying to do some shit. And, uh, like what? They were trying to steal the copper off. I think it started a fire inside the building, burn it down. To get the copper? No, not to get the copper, just fucked up. And then... Uh, having a good time? But... They, the the woman that owned the building would uh, she would pay different homeless people to kind of help clean up the property and do all shit. Yeah. Anyways, one of them never is, trust the bum. <laughs> well, one of them is a girl I know. I've known her for a while. I've known her since she's real young. Um, but she uh, was telling me that she went through the refrigerator there and somebody had been putting panties and Ziploc bags with dates on them and shit. Uh oh. And I was like, what the fuck, man? And then that's that's some weird shit. Yeah. That's some that's weird like shit. 
I was trophies. Like, I try to be like, man, people just pay for that and get it online. They store it somewhere, which they do. Not but, a homeless. But I don't think I don't know if it was a homeless person. What if it, I mean? I'm trying to think if it's the person that owned the house. Maybe it was her husband or something. Oh yeah, maybe. But. Well, people sell panties, like, based on the day. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 It's yeah. all like, today I sharded, or today I went to the gym, and my asshole sweat into my pussy. My first question every time when it comes to some weird deviant shit is, like, are kids involved? And she said that it looked like it was, like, maybe a teenager's uh, or something like that. And I was like, oh, man. Bummer. Oh, man. Oh. Was that the story? Yeah, but it was just kind of weird, man. That's weird. Yeah, sure. Collect, definitely. Just collecting panties. Oh, yeah. It's even weirder if it happened after the house burned down. Oh yeah. Is that what she was saying? She's haunted. She said something. She said Go. something about people getting raped. Oh. But she didn't man. know, you know. Oh man. I don't know. Well, <laughs> nineteen oh seven at the age of it doesn't get any better, by the way. No. Life's not gonna get any sweeter. That's just a tip of the rape iceberg. Yeah. Just for anyone listening that just got so bummed out, they feel like they shouldn't be in the same room as this podcast, you're probably right. You shouldn't be. Because, let me tell you something, brother. We're in for a rapey ride. 1907, by the age of 16, he got wasted in a saloon in Montana and enlisted in the U.S. Army. Montana. I'm fucking hammered, boys. Tell me where the nearest outpost is. I'm going to go kill... <laughs> Somebody talked him into that. Uh, maybe. You don't just get you get drunk by yourself and go, this is what I'm doing. Join the army with me, Carl. I'll let you fuck me right up the ass. Exactly. I'm doing it. I'm doing it anyway. Shortly after his submission, he was convicted of larceny. Stayed in uh, Fort Leavenworth, United States Disciplinary Barracks. Military prison. One of the worst prisons you could get caught in in America. He was there from 1908 to 1910. The Secretary of War, soon to be the fattest president of all time, William Howard Taft, approved his sentence. That's the guy who signed off on it. Because it was a small crime, you know, 500 bucks or less. Two years. Kind of a harsh punishment. I'm sitting here thinking... How in the fuck do you just allow teenage kids to join? I mean, we still do, but 16 years old is fucking crazy to me. Yeah, they're not even, like, do enough to suss out that this is for sure a mean motherfucker, in his words, you know? He's not what you want. Uh, Pansram claims that any goodness left in him was, in his words, smashed out. During his Leavenworth imprisonment. You got fucked out of him? Yeah, I mean, yeah, smashed out. But I smashed that gash out. You pull your fucking snatch out. What if Smash Mouth was named after that? Smash out? Smash Mouth. Yeah. This song's about being orally raped by Carl Panzeran. Or the band, I guess. Yeah. Hey now, fuck my ass, even though I said no. (laughs) Hey now. I'm a hobo, and I'm getting butt-fucked by my bro. And he's eviscerating my whole pains, all that he knows. <laughs> Damn. It's a stool place. It's not for penis. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense that rape's not fun. His dick got hard, and he put it in my bum. So much nut, so much skeet. <laughs> Dripping down into my intestines. 
He'll never bust if I don't suck. Suck! <laughs> Crap, man. You know this too well. <laughs> I gotta have to go at a slow pace. I'm not drunk tonight. I got the fucking juice. Yeah. Yeah, man. All right, hey, let me tell you. You, you did a good job. Uh, I would rather listen to that in the uh, original version. Well, sure. We just gotta get you a band. Oh, man. I would love a cover band. Just sing songs the way I want to sing them. Yeah. I write the songs the whole world sings about rape. <laughs> yeah. Hobo rape, to be specific. I think that makes it not so bad, right? Anyway, after his release and, of course, dishonorable discharge, Panzram returned to his career as a thief, stealing anything and everything he could from bikes to yachts. And he was imprisoned multiple times for thefts. He served time under his own name and several other aliases at this fucking... Is it incredible for a criminal? Fresno, California, Rusk, Texas, the Dallas, Oregon, Harrison, Idaho, but Montana, Montana State Reform School in Miles City. <laughs> I can't help but. it, man. <laughs> Welcome to but. When I got my new car, man, I like, get that's a, where I wanted. I had to get a Bluetooth connection thing on it. Yeah. I said, name your Bluetooth. I just named it but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, man. That's classic Lloyd. <laughs> Uh, he stayed in Montana State Prison under the alias Jeff Davis and the alias Jefferson Rhodes. He stayed in the Oregon State Prison as Jefferson Baldwin. Bridgeport, Connecticut as John O'Leary. Sing Sing Correctional Facility in New York as Jeff Baldwin. Clinton Correction Facility in New York as John O'Leary. And then Washington, D.C. is his own name. While incarcerated... Panzram was said to have regular attacked, regularly attacked guards and officers that refused to follow their orders. Meaning, he was beaten and punished relentlessly for being a pain in the fucking ass. So, guards would order him to do something. He would attack them, and they would kick the shit out of him. Yep. All the time. But at this point, he had become null the pain. Didn't affect him at all. He was born with the ability to connect pain to the brain, but he just cut it off. Yeah. He lived in such a constant state of misery. I mean, he was abused by his mom his entire life. Then he was abused by the reform school officials. Then he was abused by more reform school officials. Then he was improved, but uh, abused by jailers, hobos. I mean, every adult that he's been around at this point has raped him. He must have been a beautiful child. Well, the only thing is, I think uh, what happens with a lot of this is that that's the only way they can feel. So emotionally, they they don't they detach themselves emotionally. So physically, it's the only way they can feel anything. It's only it makes them human. Yeah, I mean, I mean to it's a so, great degree. So he's seeking out altercations just to feel something. Yeah, yeah, but pain doesn't affect him. No, uh, that's because, like I said, the the emotional part. So there's a with, even with physical pain. So like it's if, like a do- it's like a dog. That if you don't pay attention to them for long enough, they'll do something bad. Yeah. Because any attention is what they want. Which also can create uh, uh, psychopathy and some other... and Just antisocial personality disorder, which is what he's definitely got. Um, being a psycho is another thing. So it's like, what what happens at a certain point is you're just like, well, people are just going to hurt me and do whatever, so fuck them. And then they're just objects at that point. Right. So they can hurt me. But I... But, at the same time, there's like a there's a weird battle going on maybe inside of his brain where uh, people can hurt me, so I better hurt them. 
but also I'm hurting them because maybe they'll end up like me and I can, yeah. um, I can do, I can make them hard like I am. And then also the other point point was like, well, maybe then that becomes a battle because what if somebody's as hard as I am and we end up having to fight, you know, or something like that. But that's what he wants. Yeah. 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 Maybe. Maybe. It is. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it'll, it'll, it'll bring itself more to light. I mean, also I'm trying not to do 85 hours on the guy. Cause this is the most, this is to me the most interesting person we've ever talked about. Yeah. I mean, it just complex because at the same time, I mean, you, I wouldn't call him gentle, but he's like, just to make sure we're following along and not just making him out to be a monster. He is, but also to other people, he's like, he's pleasant. Yeah. Like he doesn't trust people anymore. Like you said, he'll use them as objects, but he's not unpleasant to be around. Like you wouldn't just, you know, if you walk in a room full of people, you can see a couple people that you're like, I don't want anything to do with them. Yeah. He's not that guy. Most people that are going to prey on you don't seem unpleasant. Right. That's, that's what's weird is there's definitely a clash going on here. But he's also point. not like the salesman type of, of he's not, you know what I mean? Like he's yeah. not trying to finagle people because his, his, he, he takes things by force. He doesn't ever like lie. I mean, he lies, but he doesn't like, what's the word? Coerce you into anything. He doesn't try to sweet talk people into deals. That's not what he does. Okay. But you would think someone like that would just only say horrible things that are unpleasant. I've got a feeling that there's like a like a goofiness about him that people like. That's that's the selling point though. That's what I'm trying to get at. Is with most uh, sociopaths, psychopaths, they have to have a selling point. Yeah, but okay. So what, what I'm trying to differentiate from that is like, yeah, he does have that, but then he doesn't try to make sales because they do. Because people that see people as objects, most of the time, the object isn't like strong arm rape. Yeah. The object is like you want them to do something, even if you want to lure them to murder them. There's a point where a conversation happens where you're trying to sweet talk them into what you want them to do. That doesn't happen with Pansram. So yeah, I mean, I don't. But I'm saying like I don't think he's putting anything on. Yeah. I think he's just like kind of fucking whimsical. <laughs> like. Well, yeah, I think that the attractiveness is the bait. That's, yeah. that's the cheese in the mouse trap. Is the attractiveness of. Uh, he's probably pretty confident in himself. Yeah. He's also, you know, he if he's fighting guards or doing whatever, he's gaining respect among that community of kids. Right. To be able to just be like, fuck them, man. I don't give a shit. And he just fucking fights and gets his ass kicked. And they're like, I don't care. And then he does it again. And does yeah, it again. Over and over. Right. And then uh, that's the thing is. He has the, no more fear. The punishment. Right. Of that becomes a reward. Yeah. And when it becomes a reward, that's a problem. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's like uh, t- today I like to stake a thumbtack in the head of my dick. Tomorrow that you know that may not be enough to do it anymore. That becomes chopsticks. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah, man. We're all worried about fucking which chicken sandwich is better. Meanwhile, yeah, there was a man living this type of life, and I did that. I tried it. Did you? Yeah. You know, but you're a sucker and you're disgusting. No, I mean, I was like, you know, I'm nah, gonna. You fall for it. No, nah, I didn't fall for it because it's like, yo, I love Popeyes. Like, out of all those places, Popeyes. It is the best fast food restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I was like, oh, well, this is the best chicken sandwich. You're like, man, they've been having better chicken since the dawn of time. Just they because have, they throw yeah. a slap a fucking bun on it. But I will say that the chicken po' boy wasn't great. It was just chicken strips. It was their tenders. 
put on a bun. I'll disagree. It wasn't on a bun. I'll disagree. It was on a hoagie. It was fine. It was on a French bread. Shut up, dude. That's a ho- I'm not trying to like lay out the sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The main point is it had tenders. Yeah. That's all. It wasn't like a special, like it wasn't an extra thing that they made for the sandwich. You yeah. know what I mean? They had the implements to make a po' boy. They did. They made a shrimp one too, but they didn't have a special piece of chicken just for that. Yeah. What I'm getting at is, is the sandwich like that or does it have its own piece of chicken? It does have its own piece of chicken. It's not tenders. No, it's not tenders. Okay. So it's, it's already better than the po' boy. Man, I, yeah, at Popeye's, but let's be honest here. It's the best fucking sandwich. Po' boy is the best sandwich ever made. Talk louder. It's the, something you love. Where's the passion? I, you got, when you're talking to your lover, you talk quiet because you don't want the kids <laughs> to hear, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, po' boy, I don't know. It also wildly varies. I mean, it's it's like a pretty bright, anything could be a po' boy. I mean, it's basically yeah. a submarine sandwich. Yeah. This is just a big fucking Well, Philly cheesesteak is a glorified po' boy. Yeah, so under those guidelines, then yes, a po' boy, it's just a giant sandwich. Yeah. A big ass sandwich on good bread. Sure. So then, yeah, yeah, then a po' boy definitely is king. King. That's the king, man. But then Jimmy John's is a po' boy. Yeah, but... It's good too. It is. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying if we're, if you're gonna make a statement like a po' boy is the best sandwich, then it, you know that's hard to define. Yeah, well, Subway stinks, but not, that would also be a po' boy. Not a good po' boy. Yeah. Well, but the, what's the verdict on the chicken sandwich, buddy? The, the people are fucking dying to hear. Oh, my opinion matters. Well. I can well, tell you are you. a fucking fat fuck, so yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> Chick-fil-A's got a good sandwich, man. For sure. They got the best sauces. Oh, yeah, Chick-fil-A sauce is the king. Uh, in that, that honey roasted barbecue, next level shit. It's the I same. Get it. Did you know it's the same? Okay, Chick-fil-A sauce, uh-huh. honey roasted barbecue, cut with mayonnaise. Yeah. But it comes in a dipping cup, you see? Yeah, I get that, but I, I prefer the honey roasted barbecue. Yeah. Both but rock. They fucking rock. They're good. Hell yeah. I get that. I get it, man. But, uh... Popeye's just got better. The way they do their shit is better. The chicken's better. The chicken's way better. Like square one. We'll start with the foundation. It comes from New Orleans. That is where that shit... That is the most flavorful fucking place, I think, in America. There's a there's way more good restaurants in that place than there is in one other, in any other place, man. Honestly, there's they make the best food. Yeah, I'll agree. If, if it's shitty food, it's still good there. I wouldn't agree with that. Yeah. But there is, I would say Chicago over New Orleans, but they're close. Okay. Chicago, for like the type of food we like, just garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicago's a king. Yeah. There ain't nobody putting no heart in it, though. You know what I'm saying? No, I would disagree. It depends. We've had some killer food in Chicago. Yeah. It's cheap. That's, I mean, that's another nice thing. And we're not talking about cuisines not five-star no. restaurants we're not talking about you know places to go spend a hundred bucks on a meal you can get get las vegas that's probably the reigning champion of that dumb shit yeah now we're talking about disgusting street level dirtbag fat fuck food okay and uh yeah, yeah new orleans and chicago and new york philadelphia those are all champions of the fucking street food big game. fucked up sandwiches hot dogs out the wazoo pizzas you know what i mean yeah but uh yeah chicago though if i'm getting greasy food off the street for cheap that's the kingdom portillo's portillo's is good 
It's good. It's like the best. Yeah. Portillo's maybe the, my favorite fucking place to eat at. Really? Like that fucking dipped yeah. beef sandwich. Fuck my ass. Like it's good. I've had the I've had like the four most popular Philly cheesesteaks. I think that the Portillo's Italian beef is better. For sure. I, I agree with that. I do but agree I've with also, that. But I've also, the second to that is a couple, like the last time I was in New Orleans, I had a po' boy that was shrimp, beef gravy. That beef gravy is unbeatable, man. Yeah, and like vegetables, which sounds gross, but it was fucking awesome. Yeah, I, pretty much any sandwich off the Verde Mart menu is beats everything to me, man. Yeah. It's fucking good. Yeah, so, that Portillo's one, though, man. It's pl- the rounds. And plus, they got to do the It's a bicycle, and you go, hey, man, I need this, this, and this. So it could be alcohol, a sandwich, and some other. They got buzz balls. Yeah, that rocks. They, they just bring it to you, but that, rocks that sure. sandwich is fucking so good. Yeah. They, salute, to both, uh, salute to both cuisine cultures. Yeah. It's yeah. a varying degree. There's some, that's something that I just like about Chicago and walking down and a bunch of fucking whatever type of Middle Eastern they are. And that's not to be a uh, shithead. It's just that it's varying. Yeah. They all are cooking up somehow great fat fuck food. It's good, man. It's so cheap. And so it's always like good ass fries. Yep. For like six bucks with a fucking giant sandwich. Yep. Oh, yeah. You can get it at 2 a.m. You get it at six. Love it. It's good. Anyway, we're all food boned. I haven't eaten. So I'm horny. I got you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I need. I we, lifting weights makes you fucking hungry, dude. It does. Like I've been, I've been hungry as a fat before, but there's like, you're, there's no reason for your body to do anything with that food. Yeah. So it's not the same type of hungry. Like I physically fucking feel hungry when I get hungry now. Yes. I'm like I need to put something in this. Or you can start feeling your legs, man. Yeah. Even when you're hungry, for real. Your legs are fucking growling. Speaking of working out, what Panzram says in his autobiography. This is one of the hardest things anyone's ever said to describe himself before. He called himself Rage Personified. Tight. And he said that he, now when he would... He strong-armed robbed people, too. Like, that's how... That was his... You know, when he's not in prison, how's he getting by? Robbing people. And again, no schemes. He's beating your ass and taking the money. And now, as he becomes an adult... This is when he starts throwing rape into the mix. So if you run into Carl Panzram on a Friday night, you've been drinking, he's going to stomp you and fuck you. Take what you got. He was huge. Uh, He was strong, cut, big legs, powerful. Uh, And they did it to him. They gave him the Conan treatment. They fucked up. You took this animal, and they sentenced him to months of being chained, like in the Looney Tunes, to a 50-pound steel ball. They'd make him carry it in his fucking arms. And what they did to get through it mentally, which is what you have to do, you have to take yourself somewhere, just carrying around a 50-pound ball, can't put it down. He decided to use it to work out all the hatred inside of him and in his mind knew that he was going to start training. So he started doing squats with it, started jumping around with it, just got fucking strong as shit with the intention of stomping people. That's why. And there was no MMA gym for Carl Panzerin to go to. He just went to Buttfuck University. Oh, yeah. And made his dick a goddamn weapon. 
Boy, he could black. He weaponized his penis. He could black your eyes with that thing. I bet he did black some eyes with it today. Oh, hell yeah, dude. And for fun, he liked to do vandalism and arson. That was his sweet release. That was his hobby. And uh, he prided himself on being physically able to overpower anyone he came in contact with. If he wasn't on a mission, if he had already been fulfilled with money and rape for the night, he would just burn some shit. Bust some windows. Man. He just caused chaos all the time. Well, you know, then that's the thing is like when you look at prison culture, there a lot of those motherfuckers are just jacked out of their goddamn mind. And it, there's a there's a you hear a lot of people talk like big big hurt and the other dudes on YouTube they talk about yeah. was there ever That's the only podcast vlog youtube thing whatever you call it that i would ever endorse it's cool man big hurt they talk about rocks. did y'all get testosterone why are you guys so jacked and it's like no nah, man they just fucking their their heightened sense of like if they're gonna have to fuck somebody up or they're gonna have to take their fucking booty hole or whatever they just worked out all the time man yeah and it and, and it's testosterone was heightened because your 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 body is in survival mode yeah so it pumps you with it you're going to have to fight, or you're going to have to let somebody have it. Uh, I met several people that have been in prison, uh, especially my old job, but there's, they're fucking just, most of them are jacked, man, and they don't leave that mentality behind. No. I, st- I still know full-grown men who don't sleep in their beds. They lay on the floor. Whoa. Because the, the fucking mattresses they get in prison are so hard, it fucks oh, them yeah. up. yeah, just used to that. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, so by Carl's own admission, one of the few spans of his life where he didn't beat, rape, and rob people, he was employed as a strike bearer against union employees doing due. He got paid to beat the shit out of people. He was as happy as he could be, best job he ever had. Uh, and A strike breaker, the name speaks for itself, but basically when uh, union employees would get together, try to get paid more money or do a strike, they would just send Panzram down there to kick the shit out of him. Phew. And he loved that, boy. Oh, yeah. And if that was, like, legally a job, you know, we probably... Hell, yeah. We would have been... Boy. We would have been that at that time period. Just They would have approached us and been like, well, fellas, we got some uh, real limp-wristed boys down here at the factory. What they want to do is get paid more money. We don't mind paying them more money, but we don't want them to band together and strike against the factories to do it. A couple of two brutes like you can come down here and stomp ass. We'll pay you for it. We'll give you a meal. Man. What do you say? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my dream job, man. <laughs> Maybe when I was like 22 or 3. Hell yeah, drag it out of me now. World. Yeah, I'm too I'm too docile anymore. I got yeah. outlets now. I didn't have outlets then except for fighting. That was <laughs> cool. Yeah, get out there and fucking mash into somebody there. Yeah, boy, I... 18, 19, yeah, all the way up to 20, 28. Yeah. Yeah, about 28, man, I still would have just been all about it. Yeah, probably so. Uh, he was temporarily assigned to be a ship steward on an Army transport vehicle, but he got discharged as he did what he does and showed up to work visibly intoxicated. Panzerim claimed in his 1929 autobiography that after serving prison time in Rusk, Texas, he went to Juarez, Mexico in the winter of 1910 
to try to enlist in the federal Mexican army, then left on a train for Del Rio, Texas, and got out of a small town about 75 miles east of El Paso, where he claimed to have been abducted, assaulted, stomped, and strangled. God damn it. I always say the dumbest thing that makes the story go the wrong way. That's the way, that's the way my fucking brain works. I just put in an extra word for no reason. Okay. Let me just run it back. I'm sorry. It's going to get us a negative review. I can't read. You are correct. <laughs> All right. El Paso, Texas. Set the stage. It's a dusty trail. Tumbleweeds blowing around. Maybe a little bit of uh, ZZ Top playing in the background. He abducted, kidnapped, assaulted, stomped, and then strangled a man for $35. Hell yeah. <laughs> I don't think the $35 the guy had had anything to do with it myself. Nope. He just wanted to bust. Got a little bonus. A little busting bonus. Man. Busting cheeks. And Money food speaks. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. And uh, the summer of 1911, Pansram, going by the name Jefferson Davis at the time. I can't remember what speech he gave, but I'll go with the official presidential speech. Four score, and seven years ago, I fucked ass. <laughs> Boy, he did. Yeah, he sure did. Jefferson Davis was arrested in Fresno, California for stealing a bike. It was sentenced to six months. He escaped after 30 days. Fuck you. I'm out. Right. 1932, at the age of 22, Pansram was arrested under the pseudonym Jack Allen in the Dallas, Oregon area for highway robbery, assault, and sodomy. Isn't highway robbery where somebody like way overcharges for something because it's on the highway? Yeah, I guess. What was Pansram? It was just what, what if the going rate for rape in town? Was ten dollars, but out here on the highway, Pansram was wanting to get forty dollars for the same raping, and that was where he caught the highway robbery charge on top of the sodomy. Damn. He broke out of jail after two months, went back on the road, smartened up a little bit instead of trying to go by a former president. He shortened it down to Jeff Davis, and he was arrested in Harrison, Ohio. Quickly escaped their shitty county jail there. I got to hold Pansram and experience escapee. He was arrested in Chinook, Montana, and sentenced to one year in Montana State Prison. God damn it. Caught again, baby. April 27, 1913, he was admitted to State Prison Deer Lodge in Montana. A hilarious name for a state prison. Yeah. I'm so, hey, I'm going to go up to the uh, old Deer Lodge, eh? Pretty much. It just been uh, doing some sodomy, and apparently, it's frowned upon, especially if they didn't ask for it, eh? So I'll just go uh, do a little bit of a stint in the old dead deer lodge up there, eh? Oh, this sounds nice, Tommy. That sounds real nice. An old vacation lodge. <laughs> I've got, I've got family in that prison. You got family? Uh, producer Brian has family in Deer Lodge. For sodomy? Oh. Are they sodomizing now? Sure. Well, no, I can hear you. Just us. But yeah. All I know is Brian. Uh, I'm not. He he's got a big piece. <laughs> a piecemen. Yeah, and it's genetic. <laughs> you know, and uh, I don't think he's ever taken it by force, but he might rock the fuck out of a boat. And hey, I'll tell the uh, several. <laughs> he just farted, and it sounded like a duck ringtone. No, I said 
Oh. Oh. Was, he didn't fart. Well, I gotta tell you, you know, there's a lot of ladies out there that want to get intimate with us, but they can't because we're in a committed relationship. Yeah. Well, we got two gentlemen. One of them's got a confirmed hog. He does, man. Let us know. We'll set you up on a let date. Let that boy at the pig pen. <laughs> yeah, man. Let him slap it around. Yeah, he'll black your eyes with that dick. That's what you want. Of course, with permission. Yeah, he'll give you the consensual pans ram. <laughs> he's got a he's got a fucking beard. He's got a nice lean bod, and he's got a well, nice sweet hog. <laughs> I'll tell you what ain't lean, brother. <laughs> Meat. <laughs> well, that's fun. <laughs> Deer Lodge Prison. Within a week of escaping Deer Lodge, but you you can't hold that motherfucker down anywhere. You gotta lock him away. You gotta do him like uh, they did with fucking Batman that time when they locked him down in that cave. Yeah. And he gave that dumb speech. Just shut the fuck up, Batman. Be quiet. Pansram would have gotten out sooner. Oh, yeah. I fucked everybody. Probably would have fucked those bats, dude. Yeah, he would have fucked Alfred. He would have fucked Bane. He would have fucked the Joker first. Think someone should make a comic book. Well, I, like, I know it. We all know it's bad to rape. We all agree on that as a society. It's not fun to joke about. It's not fun to laugh out. However, I feel like we could have a great time if you made Pansram superhero, but the type of justice that he dispensed was ain't a rape. Yep. Because if you look, dude, this is always a problem with superheroes, is that they catch the bad guy, they get him locked away, but inevitably the bad guy gets out and goes back to Reagan Havoc on whatever fucking city that the superhero is trying to take care of. Now, I feel like instead of locking him up, if the superhero was to rape them, they're not going to repeat offend because... Clearly, supervillains don't mind jail. But you know what they don't want is their ass fucked against their will. Nope. And so neither does any prison guard. Pansram out there. Yeah. They're not going to do it anymore. Lex Luthor, you think he's going to raise an empire and find kryptonite to destroy Carl Pansram when Carl Pansram, the first time he took him down, fucked his ass? I think not. He's going to learn his lesson. Wow, man. <laughs> I'm going to jail. <laughs> you want to fuck him up? No. I'm just saying this was going to happen to me for all the fucking dumb things I say. <laughs> People can just isolate that with no what context. If some, what if some fucking prison guard comes up and he's like, yeah, I heard that. You want to fuck my ass? Rape. Then, rules. Rape. Rules. <laughs> <laughs> what are the rules to rape? <laughs> One. <laughs> There's none as long as you're having fun. Oh man. What? Come, oh, damn it. <laughs> June 1st, 1915, Panzram burglarized the house in Astoria, Oregon, but he was arrested soon after while he was attempting to sell some of the stolen items. This time they locked him away for seven years at the Oregon State Penitentiary in Salem, where he arrived on June 24th. Warden Harry Minto at Oregon State Prison believed in harsh treatment for inmates, including beatings and isolation, as well as sexual assault and torture. So, probably, you know, not the greatest reformatory if you're butt-fucking your goddamn inmates. But, in Pansram land, I guess it's the only effective punishment. Later, Pansram stated that he swore... He would never do seven years, and he defied the warden and all of his officers to make me. Which is a the fucking hilarious quote when you're going into prison. I defy you <laughs> to make me stay in this prison for seven goddamn years. 
Later that year, Panzram helped fellow inmate Otto Hooker. Truly the worst name to be hanging around with Carl Panzram. Escape from prison while attempting to evade recapture. Hooker killed Warden Mento, making Panzram's first known involvement in a murder him being accessory before the fact. Which is interesting that he's made it this long without catching a body, to me, because uh, that's the only type of violence he hasn't embraced yet. And he, he, didn't he didn't kill the guy, he was just an accessory to it, so... Sometimes you gotta get a taste before you know if you want to buy the entree, you know what I mean? Yep. Panzram was disciplined several times while at Salem, including 61 days of solitary confinement before escaping on September 18th, 1917. Of course, he told you he would not be there for 17 years, and he in fact defied the warden who got killed, and then he broke free. So I would say Panzram 1, Oregon State Penitentiary, Zero, baby. He's out on the loose once again, and he's looking for a caboose once again. Man, fucking an ass in the lawless time. <laughs> Taking a bear's fucking behind. <laughs> I feel like solitary confinement back in the early 1900s would be a lot easier than it is now. Because you, you never knew about TV or video games or porn. Well, I mean, psychology was just kind of coming up in that time era so you didn't really know about mental disorders or personality disorders or anything like that so it was just uh you just had a you just had a wild motherfucker on your hands that you didn't need what you know about carl what you what you know about carl his lipstick is cool his lipstick is raping he's given all the boys in prison gapings <laughs> boy and he was man. Yeah, man. he was beating ass uh i guess rape's not funny we should probably stop uh pandram <laughs> 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 uh, two shootouts with police is where that came from. He went the Rambo route, got a couple of guns, holed up, shot out with police, got away the first time, had another shootout, recaptured, sent back to prison. May 12, 1918, he escaped once again by sawing through the bars of his cell and caught a train heading east, familiar Panzram territory. He shaved his mustache, great disguise, and decided to go by the name John O'Leary, Never again returning to the Northwest. And after that stint in prison is where he escalated from simply being a butt-fucking, fun-having, happy-go-lucky hobo to a serial murderer and rapist. Well, he was already a serial rapist, but he's about to tack on murder because he's just gone to the point where he's never going to go back to prison. So there can't be anyone around to attest to his crimes. He's just gone full-blown. Full and full blown. Came into the world as HIV and now he's full blown Panzram AIDS. Somebody's got to get a catch on him. That's what we're going to stop at this week. Lots more to get into behind the brutal streak of Carl Panzram and just a brutal all the way till the end. Yeah. Never stopped. A true hardsman. Oh. I mean, on the wrong side of the hard, but truly. Man. No modern person has ever been hey. this hard. Being good at being a man don't mean you're a good man. That's true. <laughs> he's good at being a man. A gay man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he wouldn't tell you he's gay. Uh, nope. Speaking of being gay, what song did you pick for this ripping episode? Oh, I, I picked a band that's got your favorite vocalist in it. Can't tell if it's sarcasm or not, but proceed. 
uh, Torture Killer. Oh. Hell yeah. <laughs> and the song the is... The band uh, or the song? This, the band. It's got fucking Chris Barnes in it. Chris Barnes sings in this album. Wasn't that some weird Europeans that just hired that dork? Maybe. I don't know. I didn't look into it. Just imagine paying That's that That's the only guy. cool thing he did after Six Feet Under, or while he's in Six Feet Under. It's better than Six Feet Under for sure. Uh, Multiple Counts of Murder is the name of the song. Well... Man, the poundability. Yeah, I mean, you know, like you look at old pictures of this motherfucker, you just go, "God damn, he's breaking a hit." This might be way where. Uh, yeah. Oh, he was strong, good-looking guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's like a. He's a fucksman. This is kind of where the AARP began because all the broken hips old people was getting. Because <laughs> he how hard Panzeram fucked him. Yeah, he's breaking them in half the way fucking karate guys yeah. break bricks. Well, Chris Barnes is a bit of a cartoon character himself. Yeah. No, Torture Killer, out of everything, I mean, of course not. Cannibal Corpse doesn't count. We know it's great. But uh, 600 Haunted's fine. Yeah, there's they got some out. Well, really, it's songs. They got yeah, some songs got a few that are good. that aren't so bad. But it's like the old guitar player Cannibal Corpse, too, right? Uh, I don't even know. I didn't anyway, even but yeah, it. Torture Killer, I think it's like some weird fucking Europeans that hired him. It's not bad. It's better than Six Feet Under. For sure. For sure. All right, then. Well, uh, you know the fucking deal. Don't buy anything of ours from Warlord right now. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> We're not getting anything from it. Uh, you can get on Instagram. More on that later, I guess. Uh, supposed to get paid in the 1st of September, right? That's what they said. Uh huh. Well, we're about to run train on somebody if they don't take care of it, so. Yep. It's going to be bad. Instagram, having a good time over there. If you want to get in touch on social media, feel free to message us, whatever you want. We're here for you, baby. Give us ratings on iTunes. That always helps. Uh, suck Brian's dick. Yeah, man. If you can. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you can, if you got this, wide. If you got the skills for it. Can you wrap your mat- mouth around a trash can lid? <laughs> man, he's got a trash can for a woe man. <laughs> All right. You animals will uh, get the part two of Carl Pan's room next week. Love y'all. Yep. Spank y'all. Nope. You wouldn't spank nobody if they asked? Yeah, sure. With a paddle? Yeah, I'll definitely do that. That they made to give us to spank them with? That's going to happen. That's got to happen. Stop saying <laughs> Don't say things like that. But they got to come when we do it? They probably will. <laughs> There's someone listening right now It's like, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to do it, but Chris will. I'll tee off on you, whatever. Just don't tell me about it. Keep it to yourself. Oh, you'll know because the face uh, and the sound. Man, all right. Never mind, I won't do it. We'll see you next time. <laughs>